Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Nick Nocera. So, a couple of things going on. We're scrambling a little bit, obviously, due to uh, a little uh, corona situation happening. Uh, I'm in lockdown. Daryl in New Zealand. Uh, Daryl is in lockdown in New York, and we're just trying to figure out the best way to move forward. So, that being said, some episodes might be delayed a little bit. Uh, some things we're trying to get together might not happen right away, but we're going to keep pumping out these episodes for you as best we can. Two, this episode, which is our in-betweener where we watched Tokyo Drifter, uh, had some technical issues. We just uh, we just did, so we've chopped it a little bit together. See if you can spot them. Uh, <laughs> you will. So, uh, just be a heads up. But, you know, it was an interesting movie and it's an okay discussion. Three. Next week, uh, we are shooting for Sunday the 29th. We are... We're going to do a marathon again. For Cycle 14. And, uh, we're going to do something a little different this time. Whereas, we're, I think what we're going to do is live stream us watching the movies also we'll cut an episode together It'll probably be about an hour long um in the end uh and we'll release that on our normal feed but if you want to hop on the live stream check out the um twitter uh, and check out the instagram we're gonna probably do it on zoom uh and just have like a big call-in thing uh and uh yeah everybody can come chill i don't know if this is even gonna work but you know maybe everybody can come fucking chill and you know do it um so look out for info on that twitter instagram we'll try to get the info going out to you maybe even facebook uh anyway enjoy the app and um stay safe guys bye Welcome everybody to No One Likes a Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. Today uh, is an in-betweener episode, is it not, Daryl? Yeah, I mean, we've made it. It's such a great milestone for us every season. Uh, every season? Yeah, it does feel like a season. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like uh, we move along these cycles with the turning of the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, or did you mean sort of like an athletic season? Uh, I mean, this this really, to me, sets most of my season. It's like we've got the nine movies and the extra, and I'm sort of working on like a 10, 11-week cycle. I don't care what the moon is doing or <laughs> anything else. Like, this is sort of the cycle I live on right now. Totally. If, if like, the Greeks had had... Um, nine Fast and Furious movies and then a week break in between, that's what they would have based all their shit around. Truly. Yeah. Um, we are joined by a very special guest today, a friend of the pod, the incomparable Max Ziskin is on. What's up, guys? Uh, how have you been in terms of your corona isolation, Max? <laughs> I am in a bunker in South 
western Massachusetts right now. And uh, things are going well right now. We just made some focaccia. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> we're talking, we're talking real bunker or like a uh, figurative bunker. It's 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 an above ground bunker. It's kind of shaped in the shape of a farmhouse, I guess. Right. But um, it's built of cobblestone. Am I wrong? Built of cobblestone. Nick has been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to this bunker. It's but pretty we, nice. We are. Actually quite removed from reality at this point i'm right. on day three right yeah um my mother who just flew back from france two days ago is on 14 day self-isolation yikes protocol yeah yeah officially we or unofficially um i think there is no official quarantine so there is no official oh, okay it's all like please do this yeah if you can yeah got it she, we all begged her not to go. <laughs> She's like, eh, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And then she got there. Everything was canceled. She couldn't travel to like Bruges and a couple other places she was planning on going. And then she came home. Hmm. Yeah. So it was really like just like a little taste of Corona experience for her. Yeah, it's really hard to think about anything else right now. And so I was very glad to watch this movie. Yeah, so today we watched um, a 1966 uh, movie from Japan called Tokyo Drifter. Mm-hmm. Um, Daryl, do you want to run us through, just like lay a baseline plot? Mm-hmm. You're sort of the, the man for that on these in-betweeners. Uh, sure. So um, I think the hope going into this film was that it was related at all to Tokyo Drift. And I think <laughs> right it was that, in one very important way. Uh-huh. The title, well, all right. the title was two letters away from the title of the FF movie. <laughs> That's why we picked it. Um, but the premise of the movie is that we have a... Our protagonist, Tetsu, is some sort of uh, Japanese gang assassin who's trying to exit the hard life and, really go, and go straight along with the help of his um, mentor slash boss. And he gets a little bit tied up, and then all of the gangs turn on him. They try to kill him. And um, I think eventually he's able to escape, but after only after going through everybody's minions and um, showing, yeah, showing off his sort of uh, dark sides. Yeah, so he, his, I think it's his boss who is trying to go. His boss's name. Yeah, his Kuro boss goes Mata, legit, and that Kurata. fucks everything up. Yeah, he was trying to go legit, and then I'm not. And then Tetsu was basically still in his yakuza mode, right? Hard to get out of that uh, kind of mode. And yeah, he was like, he was like taking, kicking ass, and taking names still when people pissed him off. And so the other rival gangs were like, you got to to his Tetsu's boss were like, you gotta kick this guy out of your gang. Mm-hmm. He's making trouble. So he had to become a Tokyo Drifter, meaning a, a, a lone wolf mercenary who drifts from place to place. Mm-hmm. They said Drifter approximately a thousand times in this movie. Yes. Um... He also like sings. He he sings this song, and then she, the he's in love 
kind of with a nightclub singer. Is that right? The nightclub greatest set of all time. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll get there. Like the ending set is really so fucking incredible. incredible. Alright. Yeah. Um I feel like we have to talk about with the a song nightclub first. singer named Chiharu. The song and itself. She I think goes one me? song. Uh and sings it every time. Yeah. And um uh but he realizes his need to sort of live the drifter lifestyle. Can he guys anymore? Tied down to some nightclub lady. What did you guys think of this movie overall? Daryl, you want to go? Daryl? I thought the movie was incredible. I think we Yo, I'm bad. I think I dropped out. No, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. We'll cut it. Um, FYI, Max, it's it's, it's like mad hard to understand what you're saying. Oh, really? Zencaster is like starting and then glitching and then it catches up on what you said and just like plays it really fast to catch up speed. Oh man. So you're like just a Yeah, but everybody would be right. Oh that's <laughs> that's not like. helpful. No. Yeah. It's okay. We'll we'll try to make it work. Um Daryl, what did you think sort of overall when you were watching this movie? Had you ever heard of this movie before? Uh, definitely not. Never heard of this movie yeah. ever. And I watched the first probably half of the movie. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I, oh, all right. I watched the first 30 seconds and then I was like, oh, hold on. I should have followed Nick's instructions and watched this on VLC player because this movie's in Japanese and there's no subtitles. So I was like, all right, back up, mm-hmm. download the movie, watch it. I spent the first half. I was like, I, like, I, I think I know what's going on, but I'm not sure. I had to Wikipedia to make sure that I was on track. But, I mean, my overall take on the movie is that this is supposed to be, or this is um, John Wick, but 50 years ahead of its time on an extremely low budget in Japan. I don't know how low the budget was. Really? You think it was stylized this way? Like theater, like lighting, like... Or is that how all movies were? Yeah. I don't know about you. I am not an expert on Japanese cinema of the era. You know, like 50s, 60s Japanese cinema. I've watched like some Kurosawa films and shit, but like that's basically the extent of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't quite know, but I do know like. 50s and 60s movies in the US even though they weren't the highest even the really high budget ones really had sets you mm-hmm. know that you can see and tell are sets I watched Spartacus um I watched Spartacus like I don't know maybe two months ago mm-hmm. and that movie has some pretty crazy sets um and there's like some where they don't just go out and shoot in a field like they build a they built like a field clearing on a set in a warehouse hmm. you know so i don't know that like 100% realism was the point hmm. if that makes sense i think there is an element of stylization that's sort of driving the look of this film mhm um but uh, that being said, I don't think it has like the 
the biggest budget in the entire world. Right, right. Um, do we still have Max, what did you this? think? When you watched this movie, what was your sort of initial impression or initial feelings about it? My initial feelings were visually it was incredible. Like what they were doing with color and the yeah different sets. It was... It, it seemed like a, a movie from a guy who really, like... Hang tight, guys. What was the first impression? Yeah, Max, what, what were your first impressions of this movie? My first impressions of the movie were... First of all, I liked it a lot. Second of all, I thought the there, there was a lot of, like, color shit going on. Like, some of the, some of the sets and some mm. of the... Uh, Especially with how they went from like black and white in the beginning to very just showing that little bit of red and then just straight on color, and then all the scenes in the mm-hmm. nightclub, and yeah, whatever. It was very interesting. I thought I thought it was very interestingly done. It reminded me so a lot I, of. I agree. Like I think this is a really technically beautiful movie. Like it's really well lit. It's really well shot. Um. Plus, there are trains. The so. edit lost me. It's hard. It was the edit was hard for me, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know if you guys experienced the same thing, and I don't know if it's because I'm not used to following the pace of like Japanese cinema at this time. I don't know if it's because or whatever. It was like jumping around a lot, and things move very quickly. And I had a hard time getting a foothold on what was happening and who was deceiving who. They didn't and then explain we, like, a lot. To the next thing, right? There was not a lot of like coddling the audience in terms of like ho- you know holding your hand and taking you them with them on the plot. Here, it's like you sort of were left to piece it together. At least maybe uh, you know maybe if I was used to that style, I would be quicker to pick up on sort of stuff. But um, yeah, it was. A little confounding for me. Next time I jump somewhere in the snow, I'm just going to yell, I'm from South Division. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so at one point, Tetsu has to flee down south, and then he meets up with the, the shooting star, who's another lone wolf assassin, and these, like, hillbillies from... Right, the hillbillies from, like, southern... Japan attack them both, right, mm-hmm. or something? I think that was a cop. I, uh, I don't know. Hard to I understand. Don't think so. I think the Southern Division and the Northern Division were two divisions of. Oh yeah, some kind yes, of Yakuza yes, yes, yes. Organization. Um, Daryl, did you find the same sort of thing where it was a little bit challenging to sort of get on? get going with it definitely that was that was why sort of midway through the movie i was like i gotta double check via wikipedia what's going on here because <laughs> like there's a lot of players here i was like like yeah. at, at the first time that i knew i was in trouble i was like all right tatsu is trying to kill tetsu yes. i was like come yes. on choose any that other name for the- another bad guy <laughs> like <laughs> right that's that was a really difficult thing uh, for me too some of that like, confusion might have been two characters his his own confusion like yeah, his yeah. own guys are coming for him 
there's two well there's two characters who are exactly the fucking same named mm-hmm. right basically <laughs> well. like Tatsu and Tetsu and they're trying to kill each other and I, like it was so hard because I'm trying to read the subtitles I can't tell if my subtitles are fucking up or if that's like a thing mm-hmm. and I understand there's like um a black white um, like sort of juxtaposing of the names. I really think that's intentional to be like good evil. Opposite sides a, of the yeah. There's a lot of like opposite sides of the coining in this movie where um, there's it starts in black and white. Obviously, there's like a color shift. So there's black and white and color, which are like sort of opposite sides of a cinematic technique. Um, there's they do this thing towards the end of the movie where he like lays in um, shadows in the edit. They like overlay certain angled shadows. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I did not catch that. Um, sort of s- splitting off the screen in certain ways, uh, so that you know they're framing people like light and dark kind of stuff. So I do think there's like a, um, I do think there's a lot of that. And lighting wise. There's a lot of like super high angle light that casts very dynamic shadows, especially like that last yeah, scene absolutely. in the yeah. in the club that's basically painted white, and it's painted all white essentially to cast the most dynamic shadows of like mm-hmm. white versus dark. Mm-hmm. Right? It felt very Twin Peaks. His suit is light blue versus everybody else's sort of dark grays, you know, too. A lot of light dark stuff happening. And also, who doesn't want to get their hands smashed in a piano case? By the piano? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. No, Loved no, no. It. The best Loved part it. of that scene was really the throw the gun up in the air and then run yes. across the room, <laughs> catch it, and then shoot the guy. Catch it. Do a spin move. Yeah. Shoot the guy. That That's a really high-confidence d- move. Real, Tetsu is the most confident <laughs> fighter I've ever seen in my life. He does all these moves... Sort of to, like, confound his opponents. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know if they're technically good, but a lot of times he'll, like, dive into the middle of a room just so that his opponents are like, what are what you doing? What's going on? <laughs> and, then, and then he shoots them all. It's really pretty great. It's really pretty great. I, I feel like the stunt choreographer or whoever was, like, doing these fighting things was just like, yeah, just... Just go know, for it. Just, just go for it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there was one scene where they were. There was one scene where they were fighting on the train tracks, and uh, one of the guys got the drop on him and had their gun out. And obviously, like you need to have some sort of explanation why he didn't just shoot him right there. And Tetsuo was, Tetsu was just like, "Your safety's on," and then he kicks him. Did you, Daryl, did you understand the train, the train scene? I mean, like, basically... So they get caught on the tracks, right? They get caught on the tracks. This other assassin is trying to kill him. They have a standoff. Mm-hmm. And, like, Tetsu's like... Uh, I, I couldn't even tell. I think it was explained afterwards that Tetsu didn't kill him, but, like, they cut it so fast because they didn't... They couldn't afford to show anybody getting maimed by the truck that they like show them about to duel the train is coming and then next scene and i think there were some like that's totally it 
Like, yeah. it, Tetsu like, was doing some sort of math about, like, when the train was coming and counting the steps he was doing. It was, uh-huh. it was a red line, sort of like the yeah, yeah the first line, imaginary uh, first down line in um, a TV broadcast. <laughs> yeah, like NFL made game. It to that line. He sort of had one of those already set up for himself. And then all the dude mm-hmm. lost was the tip, the tips of his middle two fingers on his right hand. And he got some somehow he got a a burn on his face. Yeah, he got a burn on his face too. Well, why couldn't I mean, have happened to like a nicer Tetsu- guy? Yeah, <laughs> Tatsu and Tetsu. What I did buy into the like the rivalry, like these two young guys who are sworn by an oath of duty to their bosses, mm-hmm. right? Like battling an old man's war for for them until ultimately Tetsu is betrayed by his boss Mm -hmm. right and it's all over some kind of nightclub is the nightclub the thing that it's over refinancing a fucking mortgage (laughs) no it was a no no it was a notorial scam like they're like all right like you have to put your stamp on this thing and then we are going to steal your deed and then we will own your property they're like i think the the stamp thing is how they do signatures in japan i think Mm -hmm. right right the whole like it was very complex i there was some high level interest rate shit going on (laughs) (laughs) extremely extremely and then the deal kept getting like more complicated the first it was like he was just gonna pay five million to yoshi right and cash in a clean deal for his cash for his building Mm -hmm. and then the bad guy forces him forces yoshi to take eight million for it and then he's gonna turn around and get you know the guy who's trying to go clean to sign his seal to that sale or something like that. And then it's like, oh, you can have it, but then you're going to lease it to me for $20 million. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I couldn't understand. It really just kept getting very, very... Yoshi is really the Jared deal. Kushner of the story. <laughs> yeah, he really screws everything up and then gets murdered <laughs> pretty hard. Um... I thought a couple... So a couple other things. I thought um, Otsuka was a good bad guy. Yes. Basically, like, Tatsu obviously is the main sort of antagonist who's driving Tetsu to flee around the country, but Otsuka is the main bad guy who's trying to, like, who fucks everything up in the beginning and is the bad boss. And... um, yeah, he was like he had sunglasses on the whole time and like this bright red suit. Yeah. Um which obviously played off like the bright blue suit of Tetsu. And uh yeah, I just thought he had like a cool vibe to him. I lose anybody? I think I'm still, I'm still here. here. I I oh. thought we might have lost you. Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool, cool. This is a tough one, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we're gonna make something happen here. We'll do some shoutouts. Yeah. Why <laughs> the hell not? Let's do some sh- shoutouts. Shoutouts. Shout out. <laughs> Daryl, what do you want to shout out to this week? 
Um, as part of my coronavirus preparation and recovery plan, um, mm-hmm. we went to Target and we purchased a Nintendo Switch, and it was excellent oh, idea. Hell yeah. yeah. Perfect. That's yeah. a real so we move. So Switch. It's a yeah, pro move here. Um, it's Jess and I's first uh, video game console ever. I've never had one before. Mm-hmm. She's never had one before. So we're set up. We've got Mario Kart, and I downloaded Fortnite, and I'm just trying to level up as fast as possible um, mm-hmm. so I can get my skills right. But um, right. so right. far, experience, first 24 hours, amazing. Super fun, easy to set up. Do you have Breath of the Wild? My sister got a Switch and was very into that game. I hear it's oh. very good. I'm not familiar with it. What type of game is that? It's a Zelda. It's a Zelda feature? Zelda title? Okay. Uh yeah, we'll fi- we'll fire that up. I'll get some of that. Yeah, yeah. That's like was the main one at the beginning, I think, right, Max? Yes, yes. People love that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my sister, who's basically never played a video game in her life, was like extremely into it. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're pretty. Yeah, I was sort of worried. My TV's pretty old. I've got maybe it's not very big. Maybe forty. 244 or so. Oh, God. It's an older only TV. It's a smaller TV in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. but I was worried about it, but it, it works really well with, uh, with the Switch. And, yeah. like, we've already utilized not only yeah, the main sort of TV view, but also taking it off and, like, playing a little bit off the side. And right. it's fun. I got no complaints so far. And it's nice. Yeah, I've thought about it for the plane thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, hmm. Yeah, I am flying back in a couple months. Could be good. You might, you might people love the Switch. No. Yeah, people do love the Switch. How long's the How's the battery life? So I haven't tested that yet. Um, mm-hmm. I can, You're I just can HDMI it. life? Yeah, it's an HDMI. Yeah. It, it's a, it charges with a USB-C, which is nice. Oh, that is nice. I'm always mm-hmm. a USB-C kind of fan. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Love to have five different plugs for my life. <laughs> I I just like I'm over the micro USB lifestyle. I think that's very it's privileged. Like when I get a product these say. days, I know, I know. But when I get a product and there's a micro USB connector, I'm always like, what's this flimsy piece of shit? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's super yuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Um, all right. Well, let us know about the battery. Give the battery a good test and let yeah. us know what what's going on with that. Yeah. The only the only criticism I have for the uh, system so far is that I feel like the brightness it's not bright enough. Mm. When uh, mm-hmm. for uh, like. Just playing not on playing on the main console screen. I haven't fe- I haven't right. tried to turn it up, but it seems dim. Just I feel like that's to discourage daytime video games. Mm. Like you should be playing video games at night. Mm. If you if you're playing video games during the day, uh, stack some hay or something. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you're Max, degenerate. Everybody is under quarantine. We all need shit to do. <laughs> that's why I purchased the device to begin with. That Dude, brings me to my shout out. Yeah. Uh-huh. What you should be doing instead of that. It's called push ups. Yo! Oh, oh my god. Yeah. 
we're about yes. to go through a real rough time. Yeah. And what do you yeah. need during these rough times? Upper body strength. <laughs> VO max. We're out here yeah. toiling. My friends, yeah. get jacked. Yeah. Get jacked. Get jacked. Get jacked, basically. <laughs> Is Eliza, do, are you and Eliza, like, every morning you're doing push-ups? Certain people in the house are not participating. <laughs> <laughs> and due to their non-participation, will be they, will they be left by the wayside when the, like... They will get um, a proportional amount of proteins and carbs yeah. that we forage. To the... <laughs> they'll get the... It, it's proportional, right? Right, right. By mass. I think it was um, in the Jamestown colony. That's what I've gotten uh, tattooed on both of my eyebrows. <laughs> is Croatia. You don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> you don't work, you don't eat. Those were the rules <laughs> to survive the winter, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I think you should sort of ration proportionally to the amount of push-ups people are doing. Now, when the cannibalistic gang comes for you guys... You know, it's a sort of fight or flight situation. The question and, um, is when have, uh, it's it's like a bell tolling situation. Does the mm-hmm. does the cannibal come for me, or does the does I the cannibal come for thee? Mm. Oh, mm. sharpen oh. those teeth, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a good idea. All right, so uh, yeah, shout out to. Uh, push-ups. Yo, get I'll jacked. I was at the gym myself <laughs> this morning. I'm not self-isolating. Well, I am a little bit. I'm social distancing. I ran on a, like a treadmill that was like three treadmills down from another person. Does mm. New Zealand have a uh, virus? Yeah, we got eight cases. Oh, that's mm. baby stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's baby <laughs> stuff. But we're already on like, if you fly into New Zealand, you have to you're on a mandatory 14 days self-isolation program. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, I was at the gym. My favorite, one of my favorite documentarians, who is also a member of my gym, was there this morning. Christopher so Guest. Pretty safe if he's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, not Christopher <laughs> Guest. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, not to brag, but I go to the same gym as David Ferrier. So. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So he's he's out there just shooing horses. That's cool. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I am, oh I, I got so I got a shout out. To, I had to go stock up. I went to the local Saturday market, and I feel like it's it was going to be the last Saturday market on before everything gets locked down here in country. Um, so you know we got our usual like we fill up these glass bottles of fucking milk or whatever, you know farmy bullshit we do um, wait you guys do that oh yeah big you time bring milk to a big guy time. and he fills we it with milk our empty bottles to a guy and he fills it up Is so you guys are so guys? you guys are so far behind that you guys haven't even invented milkmen yet it's <laughs> <laughs> true. true we gotta go do it ourselves they don't deliver if this company delivered I'd be fine with it to be honest with you. I'm all for saving the environment. You know, all that sort of stuff. 
Uh, but it's like, you know, it's now it's like an errand. Every Saturday I gotta go fill up like two liters of milk, basically. Uh, might as well get a goat. But while I'm at the market, I get to shop around for a couple other things and stock up. You know, I got, I got a couple eggs, I got some grapes, whatever. Um, recently sort of rediscovered something that, um, you know, I had loved in the past. Uh, have you guys ever had, like, okay, so a very long time ago, Genghis Khan left a cabbage in a pot for a little bit too long? Oh, my lord. <laughs> and uh, then he, like, went into sort of Eastern Europe and... He invented sauerkraut. And he definitely did invent sauerkraut. And it is, I'm thankful for it. Because that shit is delicious. Nice. I've been putting sauerkraut on everything this week. Making grilled cheeses with sauerkraut. Making hot dogs with sauerkraut. I'm feeling that so hard. I had sauerkraut on my sandwiches. lunch today. Mm-hmm. What'd you have it on? I had to, We had some leftover pork souvlaki from our drive up to the mountains. And I just mm-hmm. dumped mm-hmm. some fucking sauerkraut on there. Threw it in an old tortilla, yeah. wrapped that shit up, burrito. Wow, that's nice. It was good as I hell. I like it in a pierogi. You ever had it like in a pierogi with a like a little Very pasta, good. little Very potato? Good. Yeah, unbelievable. Hmm. I like it hot. I like it cold. Just that delicious caraway flavor. That caraway uh, flavor. That's all I need. Yeah, it's really all I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I got, got you got. I got pickles as part of my uh, stock up over here, and I got a nice big jar of kimchi as well. So I figured yeah. it was going to last a little while and add a little bit of extra um, yeah, crack to all the other stuff I got over here. Yeah, so, so after... Much like Tokyo Drifter, after Tetsu is one side of the coin and Tatsu is the other side of the coin. Dri- Exactly. Sauerkraut is one side of the coin, and kimchi is the other side of the fermented cabbage mm-hmm. coin. Mm-hmm. When know? Kublai Khan gave Eastern mm-hmm. Europe sauerkraut, we then yeah. returned the favor to Asia and went over there right. and gave them sauerkraut, which they, I don't know exactly linguistically, that ended up kimchi. Yeah, I don't know the history of the old kimchi situation. The old... You know, so I'm not quite. I'm not. I'm not signing on to this narrative. I think. I just gotta assume um, that it went one way, not the other. You don't think like <laughs> just like pasta. Kublai Khan invented sauerkraut, gave it to Eastern Europe, which then gave it to Western Europe, but also at the same time, the Asiatic nations just kept it. Also. And it like grew into sort of the fermented cabbage. The that would be the, the logical. That, that that would make sense yeah. in a certain yeah kind of narrative. But yeah. yeah, if you gotta imagine that the Europeans came up with everything, then it would. <laughs> I don't think we did. It, it would not flow. Yet. It would flow <laughs> downstream. I don't think that's definitely not. The vibe of this pod, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, sure, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of angel Um, hair lo mein. (laughs) 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 Daryl, do you have any more thoughts about this movie? I mean, I think people should see it. 
basically. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth the watch. Uh, I mean, the only thing I've, the only other thing I had for it was I wanted to talk about the two car scenes that they did have. First one involved them driving around. His car actually is pretty cool. I really enjoy the um, I enjoy the paint job they have. It's sort of like, it's like an old black. school Tatsu's car. The checker. Tetsu's car. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Chevy Bel Air that has like a checker pattern, almost like a taxi, but kind of rad. It definitely mm-hmm. felt like yeah, an old school taxi. Has, yeah. But it has some very distinct, like, uh, angular stripes on it mm-hmm. in red and yellow. And that mm-hmm. sort of across the, uh, the black and white landscape looks very cool. But that first driving scene where they have, they're driving in the car and maybe this goes back to the way that it was cut that you mentioned earlier, but like it seemed very obvious that what was happening in the car was not the actual car that they were filming at the same time and the disjointedness of sort of like the reaction and the and the movements inside of the car because they were driving up on the hill and they were throwing dirt and doing all this stuff, but like it didn't seem, at least the way it was cut, like that it was the exact same car that was being shown from the exterior. and That scene made zero sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell... Well, first of all, it was like the movie had just started, and like I was still trying to figure out like the Tetsu Tatsu, the bosses, situa- who's bad, who's good. And they got in the car and started like driving crazy and driving up hills and shit like that. <laughs> I was like, I was really like... I have no idea what the fuck is right, going on. Right. There was a small amount of yeah. off-roading as well. They really did. They, like, mm-hmm. they like, went on the rocks and like, <laughs> went over a grassy hillside and shit like that. The paint job cool. really reminded me of like 80s rally shit. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, But on the like 50s Chevy Bel Air, I think it's pretty cool. Bizarre. It was Crazy Taxi um, meets Class B It rally. was Crazy Taxi. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and you can tell too when they do the exterior shots, Daryl, of that driving scene. Like the three figures in the back are like stiff dummies mm-hmm. that are sort of all <laughs> waving around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did like specifically notice, so it was not that. Um, I like this. This movie came out of a. Studio. I'm sorry. I'm just looking. I looked up the Wikipedia a little bit. Um, and fuck. Sorry, dudes. Hang tight. Hmm. Um. I wanted to talk about this studio thing really quick. Uh, I'll cut this out. I'm interested to hear about the studio thing. Yeah, okay. So, this... Um, yeah, this movie came out of a studio called um, Nikatsu, the Nikatsu Corporation. Um, and it's got kind of a storied history in Japanese cinema, which is something I was like looking up while I was wikipedia around. Um, so they started in like 1912, and but they really sort of got going in the late 50s is when the studio really sort of picked up speed. And 
this film was made during what was called like the golden age of Nikatsu Corporation. Um, what they did was they basically like went to all the assistant directors around Tokyo and wait, wider Japan and said like, come work for us and you can be full directors, basically. Um, and so a bunch of guys went and did that. Um, uh, a guy named Shohei Imemura, um, Seijun Suzuki, who directed this movie, and uh, Sochiko, they all went to this company and like basically created this golden age where they became known for these type like young person gangster Yakuza movies. Sick. So this is like one of hundreds of films produced by this company mm. that just basically all have the same plot mm. of like a young guy there's a woman there's a boss there's betrayal there's yakuza fighting there's guns you know there's blood and then it ends um the suzuki had, had like a real influence who directed this movie had a real influence on the style of how these movies were shot and how they looked um, and started inventing all kinds of crazy stuff and then what I did like was it says he was controversially fi- fired following the release of his 40th movie Branded to Kill which the company deemed quote incomprehensible <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to pluck that one out and say like I don't think it was just us who had this a hard time sort of getting on board with this film because Branded to Kill was a year after this movie uh-huh. but people and, seem uh, to love Branded to Kill also like both of these movies are classics in like Japanese cinema right right um, I think I think that's true I don't know enough about Japanese cinema to say like yay or nay but I do think that like uh, um Suzuki, I know, is a, a was because he died about two years ago. A very well regarded, very famous Japanese yeah. director. R.I.P. Um, In retrospect, famous for making yeah. these types of like gangster yakuza movies. You know. Um, R.I.P. Anything else you want to mention about this movie? Uh, well, the main thing I liked about this movie was the plot the color and the fact that there were trains in it right so I feel like we covered all those <laughs> okay well listen guys you can catch us um, on twitter at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T um, we have a facebook facebook.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast we also have an instagram no one likes the tuna podcast instagram Daryl am I what am I what else we got what am I missing? Um, you could rate us on iTunes. Hit us with those five stars. Really helps boost up mm-hmm. the podcast and gets it into more people's ears. And then we've got For the Patreon. Sure. And if, yeah, if you want to throw us a buck, um, with patreon.com slash no one likes to tune a podcast. You know, it's always nice to support local um, amateur comedians. Yeah, local podcasts. <laughs> local, local amateur comedians. <laughs> Um, Alright, that's it from us. I hope you guys have a good week. We'll talk Goodbye. next time.